Abba Yahweh, again, thank you for your grace, blessing, mercy, and you just allow me to be in your word, Father God, to share and guide with my brothers and sisters that you sent Jesus for me and whosoever will hear and listen. I share these words, Father God, to whoever has an ear to open their spiritual hearing. And Father, I pray the scales fall from their eyes so that they can see with spiritual sight and look all around and see that you are God. Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Parakletos, Aman. So brothers and sisters, some things stirring daily. <laughs> as it does, but, you know, we have to just remember, brothers and sisters, we have to stay in his word and in his map book, his guidebook. Everything is there, and he, some people will say, well, that's kind of odd because an atlas has maps in it, road maps, and God provides us an atlas of life, but it's a verbal map. Some people might not understand that, but if you read through the Bible, you stay in his word, you study his word, and you lean in to hear him speaking, pray the Holy Spirit, you will hear his guidance, and you will see that this is indeed not just an instruction manual for our life, but it is our map. It will guide us through obstacles, situations, confrontations, guide us around. And brothers and sisters, the most important thing is that we have to keep in mind faith that the detour, whatever it might be, is indeed the road. We have to be able to get rid of our finite thinking because our minds trap around, try to wrap around God's plan and intention and being the way that we are. We always are trying to figure out what's God up to? Why is he taking me this way? Why, 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 why? Instead of asking so many whys, how about asking what? And then thanking God for the lesson that you learned through the difficult situation. But no, the finite minds of men, mammon, will constantly find something that doesn't set right with them and complain. And the Bible describes complaining as a slippery slope. <clears throat> and I find that to be so because and self-reflecting, self-examination, when I I have some frustrating things that happen, it's in the course of work, and shared it with some other folks, and, and the ponderance is in the mind of these things. Man, I don't get it. Why is this? Why, why, man, why do they do this? What is it? And then you start doing that, and the complaint. And then what happens is you start building up and finding other things to complain about that are not necessarily related. And then you'll find this to complain, that to complain, and then they, and you just will continue building on that foundation. It's not a good foundation. It's not a solid foundation. Um, as a young person, 
there were some elders in the church that I were going, and I mean elders. There was one lady that would come every Sunday, and goodness gracious, she was nigh on a hundred years old when I first introdu- was introduced to her. I had a great deal of, oh goodness, I'm not sure exactly what I would call it as a kid, but I was just fascinated by them. And sometimes they would share about history, but there was one in particular, and I learned to avoid her. That happened because every time you asked how she was, rather than speaking about being blessed by the fact that she got up and God gave her a breath to breathe, she found something that was wrong in her life. There was some ailment, there was some complaint, there was some issue that wasn't setting right and this and that. And and, and it got to be, just didn't want to be around her. And then it got to the point that you know, and I would politely slant, stand if if my mom was talking. My mother had such a compassionate heart. She would. I, I think that God is allowing, her heart to beat in me, more and more, um, but she was very kind and gracious, and she would stand and listen. And as a child, see back in in those days, you learned that you, uh, showed, adults respect by listening, hearing, perhaps you would learn some things and you didn't uh, smart back to them, you didn't talk back to them, you didn't interrupt conversation, unlike the children of today where they interrupt and interact rudely and nastily and even tell their parents to shut up. Oh my goodness gracious. But I would stand and listen. And my mom... I'd, it got to me to where I, I didn't, I would see her coming and I would avoid even encountering her because I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't want to stand there beside my mother <clears throat> and endure what was coming. So I would, I would jet away. I just got to that point. Um, you know, my mother always made a point to greet everyone and especially the older ladies in the church and and um, I started noticing that, and I, of course I didn't notice until later on that that for whatever reason she saved her for last. And then I learned that the reason she saved her for last is because she would walk her home. And that was her way to, I'm trying to wrap my, my mind around that now, but... Um, you know, because she lived very close to the church, actually. and uh, But she just, my mom would take her and help her cross the street. She had to cross twice. So going across traffic way one way, and then the other was the dead end, and it was very quiet. But she would take her and help her down the curb and um, and get her home. And that was their place for her to unload all this stuff on uh, my mother, who would, of course, just kind of nod her head and walk with her and guide her and take her. And um, I think in taking that away from others because there were others that would endure, but then they would in turn complain about her. So really complaining is, is a slippery slope indeed. And I, I found myself getting lost up in that. 
And then, too, what happens when you start complaining about things, then you want to lay the list out to God. You go to God and you start praying to God, and then you start laying the list out. Uh, Excuse me, God is omniscient, meaning he knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's there beside you when you're going through these things to find to complain and list to him. And when you pray to God, there's there's a definitive line that needs to be drawn. You don't list out the, the all the complaints of God when you are remorseful and repentant. Yeah, he knows what you did, but he likes you to talk to him about it. He didn't want to hear the list of complaints about everything in life that's going on. Because do you not think that he sent his only begotten son in order for us to have an opportunity to be able to be saved from all of these heart-wrenching things that go on in this world and the decisions that are being made by individuals? So he doesn't need you to list all these things that he's already aware of. What he likes for you to do is in repentance and prayer for his guidance, he likes you to talk to him about that. But laying out a list of complaints, the sovereign God, king of all things made, the creator of all things made, let's be realistic, brothers and sisters. Get out of the finite mind and and get beyond that. It's a hard thing to do. And it's something we need to practice. It's practice, brothers and sisters. It takes practice. It doesn't happen simply because you become a Christian. All things that we have are not automatic. All things that we obtain are not automatic. The Christ-like's character that we should strive for is not automatic. There are things that go on around us that try to take that opportunity away, and many, sadly, give up that thing. Remember this, brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you again. We have been given authority by Jesus Christ himself over the serpents and scorpions and the demons, the minions that work for Satan. And we have authority, believe it or not, over him as well. The blood of Jesus Christ. He wrested the keys that held many of us captive, the keys from hell and death and perishing. Jesus Christ just reached out and took them and says, these are mine now. They don't belong to you. You are no longer in power or authority. And took them from him. And he's given us power and authority so that we can rebuke these things that come against us in darkness. They cannot steal anything from you. They don't have the authority If you give it up and you give it to them, they will rob it from you because you handed it to them and you think that they're not going to run off with your joy and happiness and contentment and your pleasing walk with God and Jesus. That's their goal. Hello? That's their goal, to separate to keep apart all things. They they go they go after the children, they separate the children from the parents, and they separate the parents and the adults from one another. And then they separate the color classification, the cast. Remember this, brothers and sisters, God created the palette. His determination, the character of our heart belongs to us. And we determine that character. Are you going to have that character of Christ? Or are you going to be the characteristic of the world? Here's the thing, too, that we have to remember, brothers and sisters. I've shared this with you before. And the Bible actually 
speaks of this. That God, in Second Peter 1, in Second Peter uh, chapter 1, 2 and 3, let me head that direction, please. It's important for us to remember is that this, this is part of the empirical truth that is provided in the word of God. That means that it's absolute and it is truth. Grace and, be, and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Where does that knowledge come from? It comes from the word of God, the map book, the atlas for our life, our guidebook, our instruction manual. It's in here. Believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, and faith in God, and belief that this is his truth. It is his truth. According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto his, unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. God provides us with all things. God has given us all things, all things that we need. And this is what becomes disturbing to many people is that they confuse need and want. Need and want, two different things. God knows what we need and we think that we need more, but we actually just want more. Do we need more? No. God gives us everything we not need, not too little of one, not too much of another, where it might seem that way and we try to wrap our finite minds around it. God gives us everything that we need to have, everything that we need to have. And to walk in godliness, what does that exactly entail? Well, that means that we have to practice and study to be more Christ-like because here's the thing. No man has ever seen God, Moses, um, but he had to hide in the cleft of the rock because God's infinite power, glory, and majesty would kill anybody. If they came before him, they just would be destroyed. But he allowed Moses to be in his presence and Moses hid in the cleft of the rock. And remember when Moses came off the mountain because he'd been up there for so long, he was changed. They could see he was radiant. He was glowing. His hair was changed. They said everything in his hair had become like hoarfrost. Um, okay, for the millennials and some that might not know what that is, hoarfrost is um, <clears throat> usually in the wintertime, once all the initial snow and everything has fallen down, cleaned the air and dust, dirt, pollutants or whatever. And hoarfrost usually takes place in a late night when everything is calm, everything is still, and you get this um, clean snow. It becomes very crisp. This is when you have people that go out in the wintertime and they walk across the snow. You can hear the crunching. They're breaking through that hoarfrost. It's just a very thin layer across the top, but it's very clean, white, and pure. And that's what hoarfrost is. But 
for us to be in godliness because no man has seen God. So how do we do that? Well, read the Bible. Jesus Christ is his only begotten son and many instances throughout the word. If you see Jesus Christ, then you've seen God. Jesus tried to get them to understand that the Pharisees had no idea what he was talking about because they had no spiritual hearing. They had arrogance, pride, self-worth, and self-indignation because they would stand up against Jesus and they would, they said that he was blaspheming God. Why? Because they were so wrapped up in the written law and they couldn't hear what was being spoken when the truth came up. There was an old, <laughs> there was an old saying, and, and I know it's kind of harsh and very worldly, but I find it very appropriate. You would know the truth if it came up and bit you. And of course, the rest of it is not very good. But, you know, and then they would say like a, like a rattlesnake, uh, the rest of the old adage is old. But I mean, they wouldn't know the truth if, if it came up and bit them. There was only one that was starting to lean toward trying to understand and comprehend because the questions were there in his mind and in his heart. And why? Because his heart started reading and understanding. Nicodemus wanted to, but he was sadly fell into peer pressure. Do we not do that all the time? We fall into peer pressure. We, we fold under the peer pressure that's put on us. And we've been given all the things that we need. And, and further in, in Peter and First uh, Peter and Second Peter 1, 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For all these things be in you and abound. They make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God provided us with those things. We have to build on them. And because of the peer pressure and the way that the world is around us, sometimes we let those things fall away. We have to remember that God gave us those things, that ability. We have to study them. We have to practice them, brothers and sisters. We have to be that way. We must be that way. The world is very corrupt and dark, and the enemy has an agenda. But our purpose, our call, is to reflect the light and to show people in the darkness that there is a safe haven. And that haven <clears throat> is in heaven through Jesus Christ, through salvation, to repent, to accept that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, that he came from me and whosoever will hear and listen and have faith in God and to do that purpose that he has called us for. And that purpose is to share the gospel. Just share the gospel, period. This too we have to remember in Peter, in uh, First Peter, 
two. And verse 9. This is very important. First Peter 2, 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, yeah, we're a little peculiar because we don't fall, or as true Christians should be, and as true Christians, not the secular world, because let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there are a lot of them out there, and they have become deluded and polluted, and people watch all the time. Oh, look at those Christians. And then everyone gets lumped in. Because why? Because they have decided that they don't want to be a peculiar people anymore. They want to be a religious people. And they're going to be a religious Christian. You know, you're sitting there scratching your head. You're wondering, saying, wait a minute, how can he say that? Well, here's how. The word of God in this gospel, Jesus Christ himself did not appreciate religion. Why? Because it was very ritualistic. Everything was ritualistic. Everything had to be lean to the left, lean to the right, stand up, sit down, pray, pray, pray. And they had to do it according to ritual. And they would allow God and the speaking of Jesus Christ to come out when it was convenient. And they'd open up a little box and let him come out. And then all the rest of the time, it was just ritual, ritual, ritual. Jesus Christ did not appreciate that. He didn't like it. And that he tried to get people to understand, as he did with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. These these were good people, but the Jews had an issue with them. Why? Well, because they were told to, and they would just follow what they were told instead of what they saw and what they heard. And of course, on the Samaritan side, they did the same thing. They didn't like the Jews. Well, the history is that there was a separation because um, Samaria came in and they there was a separation. They started worshiping false idols and things and so forth and so on, and then arose an enmity rather than a reaching out and a bonding. Yeah, chosen people, but were they acting like it? No. And many of those that are called and to be chosen, they give it up, they dilute it, they pollute it, they become secular, they become worldly, um, they become ritualistic Christians rather than true Christians. The true Christians are a chosen and peculiar people they do what God calls them to do, and they perform that way. Um, let's change the word peculiar a little bit because it's a, it's a translation here, but a special people. You are a special person. And holy nation, a special people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, sojourners and visitors, same thing, to abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Brothers and sisters, in Peter, we are, this is where many Christians, alleged Christians, so-called Christians, and people, they will forget this thing. And I've heard them declare when I start talking about this doom and gloom thing that they all want to cry and whine about, which is not doom and gloom. 
Come on. They have wrapped their hands around, their eyes around, their hearts around. Where your heart is, there too is your treasure. They treasure more about this world than they do the second coming of Christ, coming to take us home, home to heaven. We are on a pilgrimage here. We are here, and while we are here, we are to reflect the light of Jesus Christ to show people that they have a safe haven to get to, that it doesn't have to be this darkness. Brothers and sisters, and for those out there that were that walk in the body and claim to be Christian, yet cry about hearing that Jesus Christ is coming back and they claim about how dark that is and that we shouldn't do that and we don't talk about the enemy. We're not aware that the enemy tries to take things from us and you know they want to be foolish about their walk. And there's just no other way to put it. The truth is the truth. Because stop being foolish Open your eyes that the enemy is real. Open your eyes that he sends his minions to because he is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He can't be with us all the time. God can. So he sends his minions and there are those that are his puppets just like this political mess that everything is in. It's part of his agenda and they're being used as puppets. They just don't get it yet. But if you're in the word of God, you hear God speaking, you lean in to hear his still small voice, you will understand what's going on. You won't be all doom and glooming. Brothers and sisters, you'd look around and you think that this is all light and wonderful and, and helping the world and it's good for the world. Brothers and sisters, I have seen in the midst of all this that seems, and they tell everyone that this is for the good of all. It's going to help everybody. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I just plain don't see it. What I do see is more derisiveness, more derision, more separation, more argument about who is and who isn't. And I see more fussing and fighting. Kids are still not, they're just getting back into school. And the children are not caring so much about it. It's the adults that are being fed this uh, spoonful and they're, they're gobbling this down hand over fist. This is an agenda by the enemy, derisiveness, derision. That's his desire and his hope to separate, to part and keep apart, drive apart anything and everything away. And ultimately to get you to walk away from God, to separate yourself from God. And the more people that he can get to die in the midst of that, then they will not have the eternal life with God. Give it up and walk away and they start living the, the way of the de devil and the enemy. Brothers and sisters, we have to practice to show ourselves approved of God. We have to walk in this life and we've been given all the necessary tools. We have to stay in the book, the instruction manual. Read the instructions, stay in the instruction book and pay attention. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Uh, Paul writes to the church and he's talking about us. What? Know ye that your body, know ye not that your body is a temple of that Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God and ye are not of your own. We belong to God. We are, he created us, brothers and sisters. God created us. He created us with a free will choice. We have to be aware of the fact that we belong to him. 
Start acting like we belong to him. I see, I've shared this with you before. I see people that claim to be Christian. They don't smile in church. They don't come to the house of God who created them, who blessed. Brothers and sisters, I respond to people and ask me sometimes, I say, I'm too blessed to stress. And I have, I try to practice that more and more. I can't stress over things. I don't want to stress over things. I want to be in the word of God. And my desire is to do that and share that as much as I can. That's what he called me to do. And that's what I'm going to do. I signed that contract. And whatever may come, and I know that the enemy, he's coming at me hard, brothers and sisters. The last few weeks, the more I've been sharing the word and sharing with you and, and driving, personal attacks have become intense. But you know what? Thank you, God, for walking with me. Thank you, God, for holding me in your strong right hand and holding on to me and guiding me. Thank you, Father. Abba Yahweh Aman. And I don't sit here and whine and cry. Can sometimes I'll sit there. There's been a few times I sat in a chair for a minute. I'm just kind of pondering and go, man, what the, what was that? And then I sit there and I think, but I'm here in this chair. It didn't devour me. It didn't destroy me. So therefore I am stronger. I think Kelly Clarkson sings that song. What is that? What doesn't, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. God takes us through some issues, brothers and sisters, and he allows them to come because they are to strengthen our faith and our knowledge of his presence. And I have this thing that I say. Some people think it's arrogant. You can think whatever you want. I don't care. My validation comes from God, not from mammon. Until God tells me that I am through, I am invincible. And that means that I walk in whatever circumstance he is with me until he says, all right, Raven, it's time to come home. Okay, God, let's go. I'm on my way. Nothing packed. I don't need to pack anything. God has everything that I need already. Don't need to go back and say, oh, wait a minute. I got to go back and take care of this. I gotta... Nope, none of that happening. God says it's time to go. It's time to go, period. So brothers and sisters, we just have to remember that God has provided all things for us. He gives us all things. And we have in uh, uh, Romans, oh, I'm sorry. Romans 14, 8. This is uh, pretty good. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. So many people forget that. We are God's, period. We also have to remember that in the book of Romans, Romans is very important. It's great. Romans 1, 5 through 7. Actually, I'm going to read that. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for uh, obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called, brothers and sisters. We are called. We are his. We are his 
peculiar people, his special people, called to have faith in him, to share the word, to show this darkened place that there is hope, that there is a haven, a safe place to be. And I'm going to go back to the book of Psalms, relative, all is relevant, the entire Bible. Um, But remember, too, that David was a very troubled man. He had a lot of things going on around him. He had a lot of issues in his head that he was always constantly contemplating. Sometimes he was an overthinker. But here we have to remember in Psalm 73, 23, that God, some of the things that were going on, um, and actually I'm going to go back to the first part of this. Truly God is good to, um, and I actually put an asterisk by this because he's talking about the nation of Israel, and I, on this, my sidebar I put over here to, to me. Truly God is good to me, even to such that are not of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence cover them as a garment. Some of the things that we don't see, that they're very arrogant, they're very prideful, and they're not very nice to people. Now, granted, not all prosperous and wealthy people are like that. Some have a very good, generous, kind heart, and they, they claim to have faith in God and belief in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, we have to remember that there are many that do not. And what David is talking about, he looks around, he sees these things. And then his mind starts whirling about. His steps had well nigh slipped. Looking around at everything that's going on in the world and saying, well, gosh, they have this, they have that, they have this, they have that, and I don't. Why don't I? And yada, yada, yada. And then complaining starts, and then you go down that slippery slope. David's talking about that. Well, my steps had well, my steps had well nigh slipped. It's a slick slope to be on. But then... Remember that he slipped, but he also had a heart leaning toward God. Psalm 73, 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven? but thee, and there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. David knows and knew all the time that God was with him, around him, by him, and for him. That God held him by a strong, righteous right hand. And this is what he's reminding in the writing of the Psalms. The Psalms and poems, the songs and poems that he wrote to God Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed day. Let us not forget and look around everything that goes on in the world and clamor and get agitated because they have this and they have that. It happens within the body of Christ too. Well, gosh, they're annoying. they're doing that. Why can't I do that? I can remember God knows and has a purpose 
And perhaps because of the way you're doing with that, that he doesn't think that you'd be a good fit, that he wants you to do something else that you'd be a better fit for. God knows all things. Quit wrapping your finite thinking around everything that goes on. That's sad, and God doesn't want you to be caught up in that. So remember that the purpose that we have, brothers and sisters, is to share the gospel of the truth and the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. And God knows everything. God will provide everything. God guides us and holds us in his righteous right hand. Thank you, brothers and sisters. I appreciate you all. You have a blessed day. You're in my prayers. I'm going out and coming in. Be blessed.